Good morning. It's good to see you all. If you're not here and you're uh, listening to the podcast, we miss you. We love you. Hope to see you soon. I do have a few announcements. I'm going to do mine, and then I'm going to have Julie come up and give us an update on the pastoral search. Uh, so just a couple of housekeeping things. We have Sunday school classes each Sunday at 930. I'm telling you, we've got some really good teachers. You know what I always tell people, because everybody has a different style of learning, I say come and try them all, and then pick one. They're really solid classes, solid teachers, and there's a lot of interaction, and I think you'll really enjoy that. So every morning at 9.30. Then on Wednesday nights, um, our Wednesday night activities are resuming this coming Wednesday at 7. So that's Caravan for Kids, Accent Youth, and both men and women's Bible studies, also good classes to come on Wednesdays. Uh, if you have come into the building and you weren't here last week, you've noticed some changes, right? The halls look so much brighter and beautiful. So thank you to Cheryl Height. I don't think she's here yet, but thank you. Gary, you can pass the word along to her. Um, the halls look great. And uh, just a reminder that our offering basket is in the back. We're going to have some projects coming up. Uh, so if you uh, need a place to put your offering, you can do it there, or you can go online to alleriachurch.org and donate there as well. Also, um, Pastor Mike has in your bulletin uh, a little slip of paper for the membership class. If you um, are thinking about becoming a member, uh, you can fill that out. Now, taking this class doesn't make you a member, um, but you can just learn about the church through that class, and it will be a Zoom class, so it will not be in person. Um, so if you are listening and you haven't been attending, you can contact the uh, church office for that. Also, uh, NCO Blast is coming up, so if you're interested in that, please see Darren. And with that, I'm going to leave it to Julie, and she's going to give us an update on the pastoral search. Good morning, everyone. Um, in your bulletin a few weeks, well, almost a couple months ago, you had a half slip. It's not in there this time. Um, I didn't make a bunch of copies, but I did make some new copies there um, on the table as you would go out the main door. Um, but in that, we had the steps in, in the calling of a pastor, and the, we're, we currently got to the third step, which says we're going to interview someone, and then we're going to vote. And so we have voted to introduce to you a pastor and his wife, and they're going to be coming uh, May 9th um, to preach, and then we'll vote the week after. Um, part of this Step four is in compliance with the requirements of the manual, the meeting of the church membership for voting on a prospective pastor shall be announced in at least two preceding regular services. I figured with the way COVID is and people are here or not here, um, it would be better if I, vote, if I announce this more, more. So May 9th, which is the second Sunday in May, they'll be here, he will preach. Uh, we're really super excited. Uh, we got to spend quite a bit of time with him this week. Um, when they came in and then on May 16th we will do a church vote but if you're interested in seeing the steps of calling a pastor again these half sheets are by the back door thanks thank you Julie and just to piggyback what she said um, I think that was part of the reason um, why Pastor Mike wanted to do the membership class you do have to be a member in order to vote um, so again um, if you want to sign up for that, you can fill that out. I also wanted to just put your minds at ease. Just so you know, your church board has been faithful 
in praying for this transition. We've been praying for all of you. We have been praying for the board. We've been praying for Pastor George and Linda as they've been transitioning, for Pastor Mike and Kenna as they're helping us through the transition, and for the, the Lord to just guide us in who should come here. I can tell you that we're real excited about this candidate. We think you're gonna love him and his wife. And so just be prepared to come and to hear, to listen. If you have questions, ask them. Um, this is a whole church decision. This is not just the board. It's not just the DS. It is everyone. So um, we hope that you'll, you'll come to that. And uh, who is ready for worship this morning? I'm telling you, last week was just, it blessed my heart to be here uh, after not being able to be here last year. And I'm just really... Um, I've been on a high since that. Uh, the Lord has just blessed me. And so I hope he does that through our music this morning. So why don't you all stand as we prepare our hearts for worship. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to worship your name here in this building, together and in the flesh. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fall upon this place, keep Satan out of the corners of these buildings, and we just ask, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be present in our worship, that your Holy Spirit would be present in the sermon, and that your Holy Spirit would be present with us as we walk out of here today. In your name we ask these things. Amen. The Lord, His resurrection, and He has done great things. Here we go. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has.
just to take this time to just really settle in and get your mind and your heart on the Lord and in tune to worship because this is such a great song to do that with. And all the things that were just talked about and announced, God has great things in store for our church. He really does. So let's tell him how great he is. Our God. 
Jesus.
this. I'm so grateful that um, that we can know that we can come to Jesus as we are. And we don't have to do anything because his grace, as we were talking in Sunday school, is extended to us to come to him, right? And so from there, when you accept him, you just need to know that he is sovereign and that he is sovereign over us. I love this song. There is strength within our sorrows. There is beauty in our tears. And you meet us in our morning with a love that casts out fear. You are
there couldn't be anything truer. He is sovereign. He knows everything. It's not just the beginning and the end. He's all about the in-between. He's there in our waiting. This has been a difficult time. No pastor, right? He's here with us in our waiting. I am fully trusting that the Lord has got us, Amen. that he's gotten us through this transition, yes, that he, he will get us through yes. no matter what's to come. Amen. Yes. That is something to praise the Lord Amen. about this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful hymn this is. And still celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you will know Pastor Dave Flack. I have had the privilege of listening to him also quite a few times, and I'm really excited. I'm anticipating. I feel the Holy Spirit is here and with us and was here with us during worship. So I'm anticipating what he's given you. So if you uh, would come on up, this is Pastor Dave Flack. you heard me anyway, right? 
It's a privilege to be with you this morning again. Uh, it's an uh, unusual situation that in a transition that uh, interim pastor, Pastor Mike Williams, has had to be gone today. And we had the Sunday open, so praise the Lord, we get to be with you for these moments. And uh, we, I just passed greetings on for those of you who knew my brother Ronnie, who was your youth pastor many moons ago. And uh, Ronnie and Connie are in Canton, Ohio. All three of their daughters are married and have children, so he's taken on being a grandpa, and he seems to love it. I don't know if you can imagine Ronnie as a grandpa, but he, he's, he's doing well. So I bring greetings from them. And uh, if you don't know that Barbara over here is my wife, and she's my only wife. There's been, I had somebody one time say, uh, Pastor Dave, what do you fear? And I said, well, pretty much my wife, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun, I'm just kidding. Have you learned the COVID walk? You all got the mask thing down, I noticed that this morning, okay. Have you learned the COVID walk? Let me demonstrate. You get out of your vehicle, you got your, yeah, remember the remote, your, yeah, your phone you got, and you're almost to the store, right? and you see the sign, or you see somebody walking out with a mask, and you do want to, and so you go back. Only I did it in a kind of a religious way. When that happens, we're not always that, well, some of the thoughts that come to our mind anyway. I believe the Lord has given me a word for this gathering this morning. It's as much for me as it is anybody, and I look forward to sharing these moments with you. And uh, it, it is just a phenomenal privilege. Uh, since we stepped back from full-time ministry uh, four and a half years ago, God's allowed us many avenues of ministry, uh, traveling and evangelism, and doing interim work in a couple of churches. And so we have been able to stay busy. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but one thing I haven't done, especially with COVID, is that we don't fly. Uh, now, I know there are many of you who have had jobs or have jobs where you fly regularly, right? And I heard a story of a, of a gentleman who uh, was flying pretty much every week. And so on a particular Monday morning, he was flying out of Cleveland. And his destination was Denver. And so he goes up and has got three pieces of luggage which he needed for his work. And he said to the lady over the counter, I would like one suitcase to go to Tampa, Florida. I'd like one to go to Houston, Texas. And I'd like the third one to go to LAX, Los Angeles. And the lady looks at him with this odd look and said, sir, we can't do that. And he said, you did last week. Have any of you ever had that experience where you get to your destination, but your suitcases aren't there? 
and you find out they're wherever they're at, it's fun uh, to be able to smile at something like that. Uh, one last little tidbit that I, this little story I ran on to. A, a young boy was given permission and the parents went through all they needed to and somebody meet him on the other end. He's 12 years old-ish, there, thereabouts. And uh, he boards the plane and sits down. It turned out that he sat down beside a seminary professor. And uh, the professor was very kind to him and the flight took off and he said to the little boy, uh, the young boy, he said, uh, you know what, if you can tell me something that God does, I'll give you a big, shiny apple. And the boy thought for a minute, and he said, you know what, I'll give you a whole barrel of apples if you can tell me something he can't do. With that in mind, I reflect back to the music, the lyrics we just heard and sang and celebrated this morning. By the way, truly the Spirit of the Lord is in this house, and you don't just all of a sudden have that. That's cultivated. Praise be to God for pastoral leadership, board leadership, and for a rank and file of godly men and women who say, Lord Jesus, we need you in the house this morning. It's all empty if we just show up and hear a message we need the presence of Jesus. There's nothing he can't do. We have to trust his timing. We have to trust how he will work and when he'll work and how he chooses to, but he is at work. Uh, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we really don't need to hear from Dave Flack today. We need the Holy Spirit to speak through this vessel that's been given this great privilege entrusted to me in this moment. I need your help. We need your help. So let us hear from heaven. I thank you for this church body. I thank you for what you have done, but now I thank you for what you're going to do today and in the days to come. And I pray an anointing and a covering and a move of the Holy Spirit in these moments as we open the word by your grace. And likewise, dear Jesus, as we obediently respond to that which you show us. And I also join my heart today to say, God, be all over this house in this time of transition. And I pray the windows of heaven would absolutely open over Illyria Church of the Nazarene and that people would be drawn in as much as we desire godly Holy Spirit filled leadership and a new shepherd pastor coming in and family Lord God we pray they'll be drawn in by the Spirit of God people driving by will be attracted I thank you for their sign and their property and things well kept and such Lord Jesus but there's something about the Spirit of the living God that comes and anoints a congregation and anoints a house where it's holy ground and people know when they step into this house that there's something different, there's a shift in the atmosphere and the presence of the Lord is in this house. That's what we're hungry for, more of you, Jesus. So pour it out as we speak and pour it out in the days to come as Jesus tarries and so allows. 
And it's in the great name of Jesus that we pray. In faith believing, amen. I'd like to talk with you a few minutes this morning uh, about a holy encounter. A holy encounter. I'm grateful they gave me this water because what I have found is if I don't have water near me, I, I tend to preach really long. And any church I've said that in, they usually have somebody bring up two or three extra bottles. We're going to look to the book of Acts, chapter 12. In anticipation of that, this won't be on PowerPoint, but Psalm 116.2 says this, Because he, meaning God, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I live. During your prayer this morning, that God blessed Joanna as she spoke a prayer this morning. Thanks be to God for that. I saw up here the power of prayer. It's... It reminds me a bit of a birthday gift I received this past week from my children. All five of them, different parts of the country, get on like they do, and, and they surprise me with a new phone. I didn't see anything wrong with my old one, but it did have some years and tear and so forth. And the thing I have found is that I, I just, does it make phone calls? Does it do that? Well, most certainly. And all the access to information and things this thing can do, it just goes far beyond my ability to understand it all and to bring it to pass. And I see prayer in somewhat that way, that way, that when we tap into the presence of God in prayer and personal communication and intimacy, whether that's quiet or out loud or personal or a few people together, a Sunday school class, a church as a whole, the power of prayer is something that when we tap into, we begin to see heaven move in a way that otherwise we won't. I may not learn all the technology, but one thing I know is he's above that technology, and when I get to talk to the master of it all, whose name is Jesus, it takes me and takes us to places that otherwise we won't go. One encounter in prayer, in worship, in daily living with, with Jesus Christ is enough to change us instantly forever. There's something that happens, if you will, when Jesus comes on the scene and the atmosphere of a service or of a setting, a meeting, will begin to shift. And we'll talk about that, Lord willing, in just a moment. But first, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 12, beginning with verse 5. And I'm reading from the New International Version, in case you're paying attention. If you brought your Bible, you can turn there. If you brought whether it's on your iPhone or iPad or whatever form of iness you have, just open her up there and beginning with verse 5. Now we understand at this point, Peter's in prison. He's been in prison for his stand and his message of teaching Jesus Christ, and now he's about ready to go to trial and very likely will cost him his life. 
Verse 5, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the, at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt the Lord sent his angels and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When, they had, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the door at the I'm sorry, knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. It continues on and if time allows, maybe we'll come to that part of the passage. Um, As I read through this, it came to life for me in a brand new way. And I hope there's something here that will absolutely uh, impact your life and in a new way, my own life. Verse five, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church's prayer, this prayer of the church is a corporate prayer. It's a corporate pleading and a crying out. Uh, I, I heard a, a great pastor speak probably 25, 30 years ago uh, at a conference. And this particular setting I was in was on prayer. And he said in his church, it was, he was from a city and had different ethnic groups. And he, he said, um, our Korean friends, when they get together to pray, and he didn't mean it negatively, he meant it positively. He said, they pray with such zealousness and fervency, it's almost like God is deaf. I mean, they are so enthralled and drawn into their time of prayer. Well, does that mean we all need to pray like they do? No, we need to pray like however the Holy Spirit forms us to do that. But my point in sharing that with you is that sometimes I'm fearful that we in America have become so subtle with our prayers that we, other people hardly even know we're people of prayer. I'm okay with people getting together. In fact, as a pastor, I used to seek to look for opportunities to cultivate that any way that we can. We need people who pray. Peter was in prison. The people at church, of the church of that day, fledgling, brand new, knew one thing for sure. Our leader 
could lose his life by Herod the next day. What are we going to do? Are we going to get banners and walk around? No, I guess they wouldn't, not with Herod in control. Are we going to do this, or are we going to get petitions together? What are we going to do? No, they went to the one who could make a difference, and they began to call out to God. Amen? It's the church's prayer. So blessed my heart this morning when Shauna or Kelly, I forget which one, said, your church board has been praying. Or was that whoever said that? Praise God for that. And I could sense it. And I thank God for that. The night before, verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentry stood guard at the door. Friends, I talk just a moment about the peril and peace of Peter. His peril was his life was on the line. Amen? This is the real deal. They're not kidding around. He's, um, he's got a soldier on each side of him. He's got sentries at the door. He's bound with two chains. And he's to go to trial the next day. I, I, my own sense is that the leadership of that day knew the reputation of followers of Christ who were truly diligent and truly sold on this message that no matter what, they would press in. They were faithful to the call upon them. Why chains? Why sentries at the door? A guard on each side. That's peril, folks. But if I put myself, if I can be this honest and transparent, I hope it's okay because I'm going to be, if I really authentically try to put myself in Peter's situation in that moment, and, and I, I am the cell with a soldier on each side, and I got chains, I'm going to find it difficult to even doze. Anybody else join me and say, yeah, I could understand that? And it says... Peter was restless the whole night. He was almost, he was sick as a dog and he's upsetting the whole, no, it said he slept. What does that mean? That means he has peace. That means whatever happens, God's got it. It's in his control. And by the way, there's some people down the road who are calling on the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, in his behalf. So I wonder if part of the answer to their prayer was taking place in the prison where there was such peace that he could sleep in that situation. Well, that's a good bit of preaching. I'm just kidding. I'm having fun. You folks don't get to hear me that much. I, I have fun, okay? I'm kidding about that. But there was a good word in there, and it's from the Lord, that we can be at peace no matter what's going on around us because of who Jesus is and the fact that Christian means Christ in one and his spirit indwells me today. He tabernacles within me. Thank you, Jesus. We're undeserving, but we praise you. God's manifest, God's presence and power manifest. We're going to see that here. 
In verse 7, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, so it means Peter must have been in pretty deep sleep, and woke him up. Quick, get up! And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Now, we, we have read that, most of us, or heard the story enough that I'm not sure that the impact is really ringing for us. Folks, hear me today. They may have had oil lamps or some type of lantern, but they didn't have electric. <laughs> they, they, don't have these, they didn't have these lights. And suddenly, there's a bright light shining how can that be? Well, it probably has to do with this cluster of people over here praying, saying, God, we need you to intervene. Oh, Jesus, intervene for our leader, Peter. Oh, God, come upon that setting. And it said it happened how? Slowly but surely, or did it say suddenly? What, about the time that we're not expecting God to move. He moves! Come on. In your situation, in my situation, in our lives, as a church body, I don't know if I spoke to it when I was here before, but friends, by the grace of God, I saw the miraculous unfold in the last few years that we were full-time in ministry. When a church, as a church, we had for almost 10 years gone through 24 plans, building plans, that when we already had purchased the steel, ordered the steel for an addition on the building, the, the whole collapse of uh, Hall Street takes place. The stock market, everything. Interest rates soared. We could not get a loan. And had we, got, had we started out six months before then, we'd have been fine. We'd have had a great interest. So everything stops. To make a long story short, God <laughs> did in a few months, which we couldn't do in a decade. We had to stop the building program. We had to cancel the order and lose some money on steel that had been ordered. And that fall was an anniversary for the church. And a district or general superintendent came and he said, God has been faithful to you as a church in the past. Hear me, Elyria, I feel like there's a message here today and he will be faithful to you in the future. And that was in the fall, and that same day, the chairman of our vision team, planning building program, came to me and said, Pastor, there's something I want to show you. Do you want to know what it is? Well, he wanted to show me on Tuesday, Wednesday that week. And I said, no, don't tell me because you'll ruin my day off, which is Monday. He took me to a building along with our head of trustees, and that building today is what houses that church in Sandusky. And if you've ever seen the building, it's beautiful. But by the way, the building doesn't make the church. The church is us. We make the building. Come on, folks, right? Amen. 
And what took place in the next few weeks and months is nothing but miracle after miracle after miracle, how we saw God begin to work. It was a suddenly, we didn't expect it, but I do know the people had been praying, and I had been praying, and we had been believing, and we had been trusting, and God stopped the building program because he had a different plan that was much bigger and better for his kingdom's work to take place. And God entrusted the stewardship of that particular property for the Church of the Nazarene to take the message of Jesus Christ out. Praise be to God. That's a small wonder of what God can do. You've been through that here. I know that. I remember your church. Is it over in Gulf? Yeah. Suddenly, when you see suddenly in the scripture, you know there's a shift. There's a redirection. There was a suddenly in that jail. There was a light shining. There's an angel there. Peter's being woken. When was the last time any of you were in chains? I hope never, but... <laughs> Can you imagine? You're, you're stunned. You're, you're being woke up by an angel. Your chains are coming off and... Guards are still, you know, they're fine. They're happy. To, and you're being let out of the jail. But for some, they might say, well, it's another Bible store. It's a miracle. It's a, but folks, we need to say, we are still living in that day unless Jesus Christ all of a sudden stepped off the throne and he hasn't and he won't. The fact of the matter is, Jesus the Christ is at the right hand of the Father right now interceding for us. Praise be to God for that. And we believe that today that 1 John 4, 4 is true. Amen? That greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So God's manifest presence and power was right there on the hand. God was stirring. He was bringing about his purpose to that situation. And it built their faith and it builds our faith. God's power was released in a mighty way. And it brought freedom from uh, being incarcerated for Peter with chains and all that go with it. And all of a sudden now he is set free to go on his way to fulfill Christ's call on his life. Oh, by the way, I believe the same God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, based on his word, that set Peter free in that physical sense can do so emotionally, spiritually, relationally, go right down the list, in our lives today. There are people, there are, all of us in one point or the other have been bound. We know what that's like. But there are some Christians who love the Lord, who have fears, who have been bound by doubt or racked with pain emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever. And I want you to know today that Jesus Christ in this very moment of belief and faith say, I identify and I believe and I embrace the word of God, the principle that's being released here, that he can set me free from anything that the enemy is tormenting me right now. I, those chains can break off as they did with Peter in a physical way, they can to us in a spiritual way. Amen. Praise be to God. It gets even better. Verse 8 says this. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your, your sandals. Peter did so. Wrap up your cloak around you. Follow me. So Peter followed him out of the prison. He had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was in a, a vision. Verse 10, they passed the first and second guards and 
no problem, this is no issue whatsoever. But then they came to the Iron Gate. By the way, sometimes we get to flowing as churches or individuals and things are going along pretty good and, and we see God work in some special ways and it's often it's mysterious ways and we see some suddenlies along the way where he works, but then we come to an Iron Gate and now what do we do? COVID comes along, now what do we do? This, this or that or whatever the situation might be, now what do we do? Oh, we go back to the same Lord Jesus Christ. And the people get to praying and look out. The enemy will keep us busy doing Christian godly things that are good things. Nothing wrong with them as long as we don't pray. Because when we begin to pray, look out, the portals of heaven begin to shake and move in behalf of the kingdom. And again, as I saw in the lyrics this morning, we don't always see him working, but we know he is working because his word is true. So this gate, is it an issue for the angel of God? So far it hasn't been. So this iron gate uh, led to the city. I, I hope this will gravitate for you. I guess I'm going to have to pull up this new phone and find out. Okay. I called your former pastor, Pastor George, and I said, how long do I dare preach you know is there a time and he said you can preach as long as you want but they will leave at noon <laughs> but I did get a couple of volunteers to take your names on the way I'm just kidding <laughs> just having fun <laughs> please capture this uh this iron gate led to the city. Don't miss this, folks. It opened for them by itself. This whole thing would have stopped. There's no explanation. It didn't say the angel opened it. It didn't say that another angel came. It just said it opened by itself. See, we're used to walking in these stores and they got the electric and, you know, they open up and all the, the whole deal, but that, no, no, no. This is an iron gate that says, no, you stop here. You see, God knows no odds or barriers. And in Christ, he might say, you're going to have to wait a while. You're going to have to trust me with this gate, this barrier. But I will open, I will lead you I will give you grace, so hold steady. You believe that gate will open. Again, may not always be the timing we want or in the way that we think it's going to open, but it will open. He'll reveal himself through it. God will receive the glory. Well, the second part of that, it, it continues on. It opened up for them by itself, and they went through it. Hear me, Christian friends. Sometimes the Lord opens the door, but we don't go through because we got too many what ifs. Well, the angel's seen me this far, but what if he decides to go and they're Roman century? Somebody wakes up back. It's dark out there. We don't have a candle. We don't have, you know. It just said they walked through it. I just feel like that's a word. I don't know if for somebody today, maybe it's for me. 
that when God does open a pathway, a door, he makes it real to us. And now we get to walk through. And as soon as we walk through, then we know, oh, this is of the Lord. Where God guides, he does what? He provides, exactly. Praise God. So, verse 11 says, Then Peter came to himself. That'll preach, by the way. <laughs> then he came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. You know what? Peter got confirmation of God's plan. He came to himself. He knew without a doubt. Those are wonderful moments. It's a confirmation of God's plan and promise. And when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, and also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. By the way, it started with prayer. Now it reverts back to talking about the people. It's, and we don't know how many. It just said many people. So we, I have to think it was more than just a two or three, I think there must have been a cluster of people, however many that cluster was, and I have a notion that even though they had to remain quiet, they were praying, as it said, fervently, and they all of a sudden this is unfolding before Peter that, oh, maybe this is why all of this is happening, because all of these people are gathered here, and they're in prayer. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door, have any of you known a Rhoda like this, by the way? <laughs> when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and explained Peter's at the door. Do you think she was overwhelmed? With joy so much so, she forgot to let him in. You're out of your mind, they told her. And she kept insisting that it was so. It must be his angel, they said. But Peter kept knocking. And when they opened the door, they saw him. They were astonished. Prepare, friends, number five. Prepare to be astonished. I don't know how all of it will go with your, the days ahead of us, none of us do. All I know is that when we're tapped into Almighty God, El Shaddai, the one for whom nothing is impossible. And we remember that and we live that out day by day. We need to be prepared to be astonished. I stand in awe of the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. <laughs> I hope you haven't gotten used to this building. I know it's been a couple of decades or so, probably more than that. because I see this building as a miracle of God. I remember some great services, one in particular I got to go to, and we were packed like sardines at your church over in Gulf Road. And I come in here, and even in COVID, you can be comfortable. Well, I guess especially you guys. <laughs> come on. Prepare to be astonished. Verse 17, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought, them out, brought him out of prison. Tell James and John, I'm sorry, tell James and the others, other brothers and sisters about this 
and he left them for another place. So Peter kept right on going. Do you think there was praise in the house upon seeing Peter? Do you think there was joy? What do you think Peter, Peter was on to continue the work of God in the middle of the night? So I land with this, praise and propagate God's works. We sang about it. As I'm sitting there this morning and I hear the songs that had been picked and, and Kelly and Shauna are leading, I just am awe. These are handpicked. He's sovereign. He's over us. Friends, that's a word for right now. 2,000, whatever we are. 21 now. In Habakkuk 3.2, it says this, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. I close with this little story. In 1940, Professor Edwin Orr of Wheaton University led a group of theology students to England and they went to sites where there had been great revivals in the past. And one was Epworth Rectory, which was a part-time home to John Wesley, a reformer and a revivalist, if you will, of the 1700s, of which his teachings and how God worked through him have influenced and shaped much of the Church of the Nazarene. Wesley interceded for a revival that swept England and it came over to America as well. And Dr. Orr took his theology students through Epworth and through this place where John Wesley had lived, and he brought them to the bedroom where John Wesley used to kneel. And do you know what beside his bed there was? In Prince, from the hours that John Wesley had interceded for revival. Well, they all, you know, were going about their way, and, and then it was time for them to go, and Dr. Orr did a head count before they all left on the bus, and he realized he was one student shy. There's always one like that, right? <laughs> and so he worked his way through the house and got up to the bedroom, and he, and he heard or he saw that the student was there kneeling right where John Wesley had and the student was saying this do it again Lord do it again and would you do it again through me and he put his hand on the student's shoulder and said it's time to go and as Billy Graham stood they walked out to the bus and truly we saw revival through one of the greatest evangelists have ever lived in Billy Graham. My prayer is Illyria, Church of the Nazarene, let's not put up limits to what God can and wants to do. He's done great things in the past, but it's just the tipping point of the, and suddenly, it's just the tipping point of prepare to be astonished. As you continue to pray and press in, and believe God will do mightiest wonders in this house to his glory and to his honor. Praise be to God.
going to pray, and then the praise team is going to come and sing just before we go. Heavenly Father, now address our hearts with your word, whether it was something I spoke or something that was said or prayed or sung earlier, address our hearts and allow us to embrace that. My specific prayer is that you be praised and be honored and glorified, that you be thanked, Lord Jesus, for what you have done and are doing in our lives. But I also pray for anybody here today who is carrying a burden that may have been addressed by the Holy Spirit through some part of the service, whether they're watching online at home right now or whether they're here in person. I pray the power of the Most High God will come upon each of us in the way that we need to and that we'll hear and say, yes, Lord, yes. But I pray, Jesus, that you will give to the heart that's hungry for more of you. Grant them more of you for those who are, who are facing some area of maybe dismay or trouble, that you, they will sense your peace and your power and your presence right now. I pray for anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Maybe somebody listening in the future or watching online or maybe even here today and they're not where they need to be, that they would simply pray that prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of any and all sin, Lord Jesus, that I might live for you. And I take it by faith right now and trust you, Jesus, to come into my life and forgive me. And I believe you now to be my Savior. And I commit to living for you all the days of my life as long as I live or you come back for me by the grace that you grant me. Jesus, if there's been anybody pray that, May they sense the power of the Spirit come upon them and the joy of the Lord fill their heart. Oh, Lord God, bless the praise team as they close us out in this service. As we go our way from this service today, may we go rejoicing, praising the Lord for his faithfulness and goodness to us. And it's in the great and awesome name of Jesus Christ that I pray and we pray in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Thank you. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. Let us stand and we're going to sing great things.
today we trust you fully we trust you fully lord be with us as we go out into the world and be the church lord that you have called us to be and it's in your name we pray this amen amen go in peace